It's time for episode 211 of the Clockwise Podcast from Relay FM, recorded Wednesday, October 18th, 2017. Clockwise, four people, four tech topics, 30 minutes. Welcome back to Clockwise, the only tech podcast featuring quartz movement and few complications. I'm your host, Micah Sargent, and joining me across the table, across the United States, and across from my heart is Dan Morin. How you doing, Dan? I'm doing well. Across from your heart? I've, I thought I was in your heart, Micah. <laughs> well, I'm a little sad now. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, you know... I, you're 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 part of my heart. You're across from my heart. It's all it's all there. It's all wonderful. Uh, we should of course welcome our wonderful guests, the one and only Chief Emoji Officer from Emojipedia. It's Jeremy Burge is back with us. How you doing, Jeremy? I was about to say I'm a little bit hungry, but nobody nobody really needs to know that. So uh, <laughs> otherwise, good. Hungry for uh, tech topics. Excellent, excellent. Well, I will pass a burger to my left, a burger emoji, so that you may consume it. (laughs) Rude. And to my left, my former colleague at Macworld, and now tech reporter at CNN, my very good friend Heather Kelly joins us for debut appearance on Clockwise. Welcome, Heather. Thank you. Lovely to be here. We are delighted to have you. I can't believe it took you this long, but it's cool. (laughs) (laughs) Woo, it's getting a little warm. Uh, No, you all know how this podcast works. I'm sure we've got two guests, we've got four topics, and we've got just 30 minutes, so I will get us going. Uh, The other day, we saw our first publicized example. There have been some other examples, but this was the first one that really kicked it off, of uh, Apple's core ML technology at work. So there was an app called Nude, and basically what it does is you feed it your your whole photo library and it scans it and finds intimate photography finds nude photography finds in intimate photography and it stores it away sort of in its own little encrypted box and that way you know someone can't come and like hack your iCloud account and get your nude photography uh, they created this app by feeding it different pornography and then, you know, of course, the system learned how to do that. But the interesting thing is that it all happens on your phone. There's nothing sent to the server or anything like that. So my question is, do you feel more comfortable with the idea of an AI sort of looking at your photos and all of this happening locally? Or is it still kind of strange to you that like, if you do have those types of photographs, or really just anything at all that you'd rather keep private? Uh, does it help that it's AI and not an actual true human being? Jeremy, what are your thoughts? Well, I don't mind robots looking through my theoretical nudes. <laughs> um, but I've got to say that having an app like this in particular, I know you were saying that it's a more general sense, you know, do you mind whether or not we've got AI looking through what we're doing? But unless it's built in, obviously the problem if you have something like this, if you have the app called Nudes on your phone, it's clearly, it's a bit of a target for someone. I know security-wise it's only on your phone, but I, I guess this is a company or this is the type of thing we'd want to see Apple or Google or the, the I'd want to see the main tech companies be doing it built into the app. I don't want to be downloading a Nudes app and a Trees app and different apps that sort of quarantine my photos around the place. 
Do you say trees? Are you worried that people are going to look at your picture of trees? <laughs> Don't want people to see all my trees. They'll see my trees app and they'll be like, right. oh, that guy, That's you know, just too Very much. dangerous. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think machine learning is probably the way to go with something like this. And this is a problem that I feel like Apple should have addressed in the past, if only because they've offered all these integrations in places where you can... I, the first thought that always came to mind whenever uh, Apple, they, they announced a feature where it was uh, back when it was PhotoStream, where you could have your PhotoStream used as a screensaver on your Apple TV. And I'm like, that's going to go wrong somewhere. Someone is going to run into a problem with that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and I never turned that on. Yeah, so you want to be really careful about that. I agree with Jeremy that it seems like better in their interests of the of the platform owners to do this. Although in Google's case, because they seem to really be into doing a lot of stuff in the cloud and they have a lot of cloud experience, I'd be worried that they would then be uh, transmitting that data just if only for their processing uh, or possibly scraping them and trying to run ads <laughs> against them, which also seems incredibly problematic um it's a fact of life to a certain extent just because these cameras are omnipresent and because people have them at you know they're so inured to having them around at all times uh that there are going to be photos that you don't want shared and it certainly should be an option in all of these platforms to protect or remove certain photos from the photo app at large because you don't want to run into those kinds of situations but yeah it seems like this might make it a target but at least it's starting a conversation that i think is interesting and the technology that they're bringing to bear on this is interesting and solves some of the problems of it so i'm i'm interested in what they've done here i'm curious to see what other things machine learning will bring to us heather what do you think I mean, in this completely hypothetical situation that has never come up, I also would not trust a couple of people who got their idea started at TechCrunch Disrupt, which is where <laughs> Nude started. Um, no offense to the startup world, but I'm not going to trust, you know, trust them to really have the best security with their like three person team. Um, so even though Google has, you know, lots of privacy concerns, I would definitely be more apt to trust them with fictional nude pictures um but i mean i don't actually trust anybody so just never never take nudes is <laughs> the best advice i couldn't agree more i don't trust anyone at all and like i don't trust myself i don't trust my dogs i'm just not going to put that stuff in into existence at all thank you um i think that you know, this is, I, I sort of like that this was the first, uh, like, really big publicized example of this technology, simply because it sort of shows the possibilities of, of a real use case, I think. And yes, from this company, this random three person company, it's not not a great thing, but the, the, the idea of it certainly is interesting. Um, my colleague Renee Ritchie pointed out, it's a little odd that they called it nude, because it seems like we as as humans, at least on uh, like in in our culture, you know, the United States and North America, specifically, everybody here sort of blushes at the idea of of uh, nudity. And so to have an app on your phone that says the word nude, and it's like, what is that? You know, someone looks over your shoulder happens to and sees an app called nude. And it's like, Oh, yeah, that's where I keep all my nude photos. Uh, I don't think you know, you'd want to name it like, Mail to or something. Like Trees. My other mail app. This is uh, yeah, Trees. exactly. There you that go. was my idea. But this is <laughs> this, this is great for headlines, though, right? These guys want to get bought by yep. somebody. Oh, they yeah. want Google yep. or they want Microsoft. So you call it something like this. You pitch it at the best angle to get some press, and then you hope that the idea gets some traction, and then that you get bought out. That would be seemingly where they'd be angling this, as opposed to hoping that everybody has an app on their phone called <laughs> Nude for the <laughs> next hundred years. <laughs> 
Uh, all right. Thank you all for your answers. Jeremy, we'll move over to So uh, this week, uh, Windows 10 Fall Creators Update, so they call it, has come out. And I am a Mac user since before then. I was an Apple IIe user, so I guess since all time. But I've always sort of played on Windows, and I have Windows running on my Mac on the side for my day job testing emojis. And I was just wondering whether any of you had thought about switching desktop operating systems in recent years it's sort of it's a topic that was big 10 years ago when there was the whole apple campaign switch to windows or switch from windows to mac and now we kind of you know people talk about android and ios and i was just wondering if any of you have played around with an alternative operating system recently and ever thought about switching over I can't. Jeez, it's been a long time. Obviously, when the Mac switched to, switched to Intel processors like a decade ago, and it made it so much easier to do virtualization of Windows, there was a big rush to that market, and you got products like VMware Fusion and Parallels. And I think everybody tried it at some point. And I think what I ended up deciding was like, at this point, there isn't a compelling reason for me to switch to Windows. It used to be back, you know, back in the old days, uh, you know, the Windows had all the apps, right? Like there was so much more software developed for Windows in the 90s because it was such a dominant platform. But I think because the app community on the software development community on the Mac has gotten so much traction and has remained vibrant to a large degree, uh, there isn't as much of that these days. Um, certainly, there are still applications in certain fields uh, that are limited to Windows, but I feel like because a lot of stuff has moved online and because the Mac development community is still pretty active, that there isn't a lot that you can't do. Uh, the main reason for me, the main temptation for me has always been games, but games don't really run well in virtualization. You really got to get into sort of a dual booting scenario in order for that to work. And I, I just realized... I, life is short. <laughs> life is short, and I, my, my desktop works the way I want, and I really don't have much of an incentive these days uh, to check out Windows. But, you know, maybe, maybe they'll come out with something. I guess I am a creator, so maybe I should check this out. Heather, what do you think? I have never thought about switching to a Windows PC, ever. Um, I feel like Windows is something I kind of escaped, like my hometown, and I'm just not going back. (laughs) But the Chromebook is really interesting to me, um, and I'm kind of excited to test out the new Pixelbook uh, from Google. And, I mean, everything that used to keep me locked on the Mac kind of doesn't exist anymore. I store everything in the cloud. Um, All the fun apps I play with are mostly on my phone these days. I mean, it's me, unsaved text documents, and and Chrome. That's, That's pretty much all I do, so... Um, I might, I might consider testing that out. Um, I'd probably come right back to my, my beloved MacBook and OS 10, but I'm, I'm not against trying new things unless new things are windows. <laughs> I am so with you on the escaping the hometown, uh, metaphor there, how I feel about it. Uh, when I was growing up, I used a Dell laptop with windows and like I, I got an iPod one year and I took the sticker from the iPod, the Apple sticker in the box and put it on the back of my Dell and hoped that one day I would be an Apple uh, user. Oh, that's, so sad. that's so sad. <laughs> but a Dell up, laptop with an Apple logo an Apple on logo. it. That's the saddest uh, thing I've heard. It was very sad. It was very sad. But in, in the end, I switched to uh, the MacBook when I went to college and have used them ever since. See, it's the software that I enjoy more than the hardware even. Um, I would hate to like get rid of of macOS. I like macOS. And if I could have that on that giant Surface Studio thing that, that Microsoft makes now, that'd be kind of a cool thing. But uh, all in all, Windows doesn't interest me very much. 
Yeah, I think I've got to say that, like a lot of you, that it might be good, but we're all sort of maybe a bit stuck in our ways. Maybe it's a generational thing or just we've got phones around you, the place we go to, and we need our computers to work day to day. So Windows actually, in my playing with it, it seems a lot better now than it used to be. But yeah, like what, what's the purpose? Why would I upend my life is what I figured in in doing that. And like Heather said, that the Chromebook is actually probably a more interesting angle starting from the ground up with something a lot lighter, something a bit more fun to play with rather than getting replacing one Mac that has a lot of features and a lot of history with a Windows computer that has a lot of features and a lot of history. So I think I'm good. And yeah, it doesn't, it seems like now I'm not sure, I'm not sure who uses Windows at all anymore, actually, but I'm sure we'll hear from some people who do. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, we will. You, you can, you can probably skip that. Yeah, you can, uh, you know, no, need to, emails, no need to set it on. <laughs> send all your emails to Dan. Uh, well, it is halftime. We've had a great first half of the show. I want to tell you all about our friends at Linode. Now, Linode has fast and powerful hosting options that can get you set up in seconds. They got tools that are easy to understand, and they let you choose your resources and Linux distro, giving you the power and flexibility you need. And guess what? Linode plans now start at just five bucks a month for a Linux server with a gig of RAM in the Linode cloud. So what's Linode's offer exactly? Well, you're going to get industry-leading performance with native SSD storage, access to a 200 gigabit network, Intel E5 processors, which are the fastest processors in the cloud market. They've got nine data centers spread across the world, meaning you can serve your customers quickly. They have an API that allows you to easily automate tasks or develop custom applications in the cloud. Super simple scaling, mm, love that alliteration, allowing you to resize your servers in just a couple of clicks. And guess what? It's all manageable via the command line, if that's how you'd like to do it. All of Linode's pricing tiers feature hourly billing with a monthly cap on all plans and add-on services like backups and node balancers. So Linode has fantastic pricing options available. You can get a server with a gig of RAM, remember, for just five bucks a month. And guess what? You can go all the way up to 16 gigs of RAM for just 60 bucks a month. Across the board, Linode has twice the amount of RAM you're going to get elsewhere. And as a listener of this very show, if you sign up at linode.com slash clockwise, you're not only going to be supporting us, but you're also going to get $20 towards any Linode plan. And with a seven-day money-back guarantee, there's nothing to lose. So go to linode.com slash clockwise to learn more, sign up, and take advantage of that $20 credit. Do not miss it. Or you can use the promo code clockwise2017 at checkout. Thank you so much to Linode for supporting our show. Dan, what do you got for us? So, between portrait mode on the newer iPhones and the Pixel 2's new visual core, uh, do we really even need non-smartphone cameras anymore? And no, I'm not just trying to grief Heather with this question, but Heather, what do you think? I mean, have normal people needed real cameras for a while? I don't, <laughs> I'm not really sure. The, the point-and-shoot market is, is kaput. Um, and mo- I mean, what are we doing? We're going to gram these things. Uh, that's what that's what kids call Instagram. Um, and I, I don't really think you need more than a phone for that. But if you are interested in ever making a print, uh, that's where you can really see the flaws. If you're interested in low light photography, uh, I don't think the smartphones have caught up yet. You you can throw all the technology you want at it, but you'll never have be able to get in like a big enough sensor or the glass from these really professional lenses. Um, and so far also the portrait mode, which kind of fakes that, that shallow depth of field effects, um, 
still iffy at cutting, cutting out hair, isolating the background. Like it's hit and miss, but when it works, it's amazing and cool. And I Instagram it right away. <sighs> I think that people who really like cameras are going to, of course, disagree with this and are going to say, Rah, you can't say that. That is wrong. You're the worst. But it's true. <laughs> like every day, all my everyday people are going to enjoy uh, just using the iPhone or using the Pixel 2 or what, whatever phone they have. And, and you know, I have a, a friend who is a brilliant photographer, and she just got an iPhone 8 not too long ago, and absolutely loves it and says that she could take plenty of incredible photos with it. Um, and also, of course, gets to text on it and do all the other stuff that you can do with a phone. So I think that, uh, yeah, most most everyday people are taking incredible photography, and they don't have to pack that expensive, heavy, uh, multi-lens camera to get what they want. And if they want some, you know, other options, there are, of course, third-party options for lenses and things like that. What What I don't understand is why are the the camera manufacturer is so bad at their software that I, I have an SLR and, and my girlfriend, Rachel, she, she likes photography. She's always got different cameras. And I try out all their, you know, the Wi-Fi transfer apps that they have. And you, you, you turn on Wi-Fi on your camera and then you connect to that network on your phone. And then you kind of juggle the two for a while because your phone doesn't want to connect to a Wi-Fi network that has no internet. And eventually you manage to maybe get the photos under your phone. But I just feel like if I'm a camera manufacturer today, I want to make that as dead simple to get photos from the camera into the phone as I can. Because for me, that's what it's more about. I don't mind carrying around an SLR every now and then if I'm going to take some nice photography somewhere. But just the fuss of having to carry an SD card reader and move it across, whereas if it could just be real time, take the photo on a nice camera, have it show up on your iPhone, I think that could, for some people, save it. But... Obviously, for the 99%, we've just moved on and we'll just keep a camera, keep a phone in our pocket day to day because who wants to carry a camera? I don't. Yeah, I think most of you are pretty right about this. I, I have an SLR. It's been gathering dust on a shelf in my office for years now. And I like taking pictures with it. It's definitely superior in many of the situations that Heather mentioned, but it is just ridiculously heavy. Now, what I think is interesting about what both Apple and Google have done here is sort of continually trying to up the game of these cameras. Uh, they've realized like they aren't going to have that big sensor. They aren't going to be able to get the glass in it. So being able to bring the software to bear on it and try to get some of the effects, I think, is a really interesting idea. And it has mixed results still at present. But, you know, the idea that they can just keep rolling these things out and improving uh, the cameras that we're all going to be carrying around is kind of incredible uh, because it really does get at so many of the situations where you might want a good camera and, and makes your shots look uh, just way better than that I could ever even hope to do if I had the best camera in the world because I'm just not that good at taking pictures. So um, I'm, I'm always impressed with what they manage to do in these things and how much they manage to improve the cameras every single year. And the software and sort of hardware elements of that are uh, really kind of interesting the way they make that work together. Thanks for your thoughts on that. Let's go to our last topic, which comes from Heather. All right. So, so we've got a bunch more voice assistants coming out this year. We've got um, Apple's HomePod speaker. There's going to be a Cortana smart speaker. Um, so we've got Google, Apple, Amazon, Microsoft. They're all kind of fighting for the same, you know, voice assistant smart speaker space. And what I've been thinking about a lot is like, are, are we going to be stuck in these little walled gardens, depending which, which speaker we go with? Will it, control like which kind of tv we can use because you know i want to yell 
at a small device to turn on my TV because I'm incredibly lazy. Does that mean I can't have a Chromecast and, you know, an Echo? Uh, What if I want to buy, you know, more things through my Google Home? I can't buy through Amazon. They're teaming up with Target and Walmart. Uh, are we going to have to pick sides is, is my big question. It certainly seems so. Um, it even goes as far as like having to go for the original hardware over third-party hardware. Sonos, even though it works with A-L-E-X-A, uh, does not have all of the options and opportunities that you can get with an Amazon Echo. Same thing goes for, I have an uh, Ecobee Smart Thermostat, or Echo B, depending on how you pronounce that. Um, and it has A-L-E-X-A built in, but it can't do everything that the Echo can do. Um, and so it seems like if you want the best possible experience from the device, then you have to get you know the one that comes directly from the company, because that's the one that's going to get everything right off the bat. And and sometimes those third party ones won't even get it at all, even whenever you know they're following the proper routes of like uh, syncing up with the APIs that, that Amazon has put out there and um, ALEXA voice services. I have a Google Home in my house. I have multiple Amazon Echoes in my house. I plan on getting a HomePod as well because I, I write about these things specifically and test smart assistants and smart home stuff. And I see the fragmentation that exists there. And honestly, whenever I am uh, asked about which device you know people should get if they want a smart speaker, I tend to suggest that they get one that comes directly from the company. Um, and that usually depends on sort of what other software and things like that they use to go along with it. So it really does seem like it's going to be going to continue to be a walled garden and even something as open as the Sonos One, which will eventually also include the Google Assistant, it's not going to be as good as the, the experience that you're going to get from just a Google Home itself or an Amazon Echo itself, unfortunately. I've kind of uh, given up on the idea of mix and match that maybe in my youth I'd like to tinker with things and try and make sure that you come up with the perfect setup, whereas I've just given up in, in recent years that it, I'll just go all Apple with everything, or if I decide to switch one day, I'll slowly move everything to Google. I mean, we're sort of already there where you could have an Android watch and an iPhone, but it's not going to be great, or you can't play your iTunes content on a non-Apple TV box. So I don't know, I've already resigned the fact that, yes, it's not ideal and it does make me beholden to one company to some degree, but I feel like that ship already sailed. I'm already I'm already buying the things. If I buy a car, I'd make sure it has CarPlay for my phone. And if I buy a smart assistant, which so far I haven't done, but if I did, I think by default I'd just get an Apple one for now and then... I guess the only question is this shopping thing that so far you sort of you buy shopping stuff on Amazon, but that's not international and Alexa, sorry, whatever, A-L-E-X-A. She who must not be named. Yeah, is not, Amazon's not great at doing international and I'm mostly in the UK or Australia where she and they are not right now. So I guess shopping is the part that would be interesting to me, but everything else, I'm already on Apple Music because I have all the Apple stuff. And if I ever want to go Google, I'll just go all in, I think, and have an awkward transitional phase. 
Yeah, we've all had those awkward transitional awkward phases. <laughs> uh, you know, I think, Mike, I think you hit the nail on the head. Just just buy one of each. Um, that way you have all of them in your life. I <laughs> no. also have a Google Home and several Echoes, and I will probably be getting a HomePod. Uh, I think the most annoying part is just remembering. I feel like my mom yelling when I, when I was a kid. She would go through the <laughs> road of names before she got to me. And yes. I feel like that's what it's like sometimes when you're yelling at the smart speakers trying to remember which one is going to turn the lights on. Uh, I love that. And so I think that's the biggest frustration is even if you have only one of like the speakers, you might have your phone with a different one on it. And so you're already in this world potentially of... Uh, having multiple voice assistants to work with. So I, I do think you're going to end up with these walled garden approaches. And the frustrating part about that is not going to be so much that like, oh, I can't do this thing with one of them, um, as it is going to be trying to remember which functions go with which assistance. <laughs> and to me, that just sounds like a nightmare. So maybe I'll standardize eventually, and uh, I'm not sure. But uh, for the moment, everything is kind of patchwork, and still this whole field is being filled out. So I think we haven't really found a clear winner yet, but I think most people will probably go the Jeremy route and eventually just go with whatever works with their ecosystem. I, uh, so I was going to go with whatever works for my ecosystem, which would be Apple, but uh, I'm not <laughs> going to use Apple Music, so that one takes that off the table. Uh, cool. I've been loving my Alexa, but I don't know if you heard, they just pulled YouTube off the show, mm-hmm. which is the worst thing to ever happen to my three-year-old. Like, his <laughs> life is oh, ruined. No. Um, all because they're just, you know, they're bickering between themselves about ads and can't even buy like a Chromecast on Amazon. Um, and, you know, I really want them to settle this because it's affecting children. <laughs> That's what's really important here. Uh, but I also, I have all of them, although I only talk to Alexa. I feel weird saying Google. Oh, I said all the names. I've ruined everybody's <laughs> homes. I am so sorry. It's totally Buy cool. more garbage bags. Um, <laughs> anyway, so yeah, I, I, I'm torn because I like a couple of them now and, and I want them all to play together and they just giant corporations won't think of me what is what is your son doing now about the lack of youtube has it already gone or has it just been announced that it's gone off, it went off it went overnight like a, week, a couple of weeks ago they just poof oh, did no. it. oh the next morning it's like i want to watch i don't know what what the t- t- train the, trucks, the tompkins trains, or whatever yeah. <laughs> there are amazon videos and you know you try and play them but it's it's just it's not the same mm. not the same that's no. heartbreaking. It's like being a kid waking up and your TV just has the weather station <laughs> instead. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, well, we have just enough time for a bonus question. Although before we do that, I want to tell you about our sponsor. But before we do that, I just have to say, as you were saying, buy more trash bags, my Echo lit up. And thank God it was just a notification. I thought somehow it heard <laughs> through my headphones that it was about to order trash bags. Um, this episode of Clockwise is brought to you by our friends at Squarespace. If you enter the offer code clockwise at checkout, you're going to get 10% off your first purchase. Now, Squarespace lets you easily create a website for your next idea. You're going to get a unique domain. You're going to get these awesome templates you can build with and so much more. All of these awesome text features and and, uh, creating and crafting an online store, a portfolio, a blog. It's super easy to do with Squarespace's all-in-one platform. There's nothing to install. You don't have to worry about patches or upgrades or anything like that because Squarespace has it all covered. Plus, they've got award-winning 24-7 customer support if you need any help. They let you quickly and easily grab a unique domain name 
And all of those award-winning templates are beautifully designed to show off your great ideas, whether you're on mobile or on a tablet or on the computer. I've mentioned before how much I love Squarespace because of the fact that they just have everything ready as soon as it's available or soon after. When HTTPS was really kicking into high gear across more personal sites and things like that, they made it easy to just flip a switch and suddenly you had the encrypted uh, website. It was awesome. Same thing goes for Apple Pay and and other things. They they send you an email and say, hey, here's how you get this going. And you go on and you make it happen. Now, how do you get going? Well, plans start at just 12 bucks a month. But guess what? You can start a trial with no credit card required if you go to squarespace.com. Now, when you decide to sign up, use the offer code CLOCKWISE and you're going to get 10% off your first purchase and you'll be showing your support for our show. Thanks so much to Squarespace for your support. Squarespace, make your next move make your next website. All right. My bonus question for you is, would you rather have a Star Trek replicator for a week or a Star Trek holodeck for a lifetime? Jeremy, we'll start. Oh, uh, uh, oh, uh, I will take the replicator for a week and replicate enough sunglasses for a lifetime in that week <laughs> because I always lose them or sit on them or something happens. So I'll stock up in that week and then I'm good for a lifetime. I love it. I love it. Dan? Uh, holodeck for a lifetime because my understanding is then I never have to deal with the real world again. Oh, very good answer. <laughs> Heather, what about you? I would have a replicator for a week and replicate a holodeck. <laughs> I knew someone was going to do that. I just knew it, too. I should have thrown in, like, a clause. At first, it was just, like, one or the other, and there was no time period. I was like, no, Replicator is too good to have for a lifetime. Um, I think I would choose the Replicator for a week, and I would use it to, like, its fullest extent to try and make sure that, I don't know, like, kids had shoes and people had glasses. Oh, sure, and yeah. Be, 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 yeah. Be, um, be goody two-shoes, Micah. It would be so awesome, though. Can you imagine, like, saving the world with your one Star Trek Replicator? It's like, <laughs> I've got a week. I can make this happen. That'd be really cool. Well, I'll um, have some pretty nicely protected uh, eyes if you don't mind. <laughs> just, re- just replicate more replicators. There you go. Oh. Uh, thank you all for your answers on that. And thanks so much for a good show. Dan, we've done it again. Indeed. All that's left is to thank our guests for joining us. Jeremy, thanks for sitting to my left in this fictional world we create every time and uh, joining us here and uh, all your work on Emojipedia as well. Thank you. Lovely to be here to, to your left and on your my right you look excellent over there (laughs) (laughs) thank you thank you thank you and heather kelly thanks so much for uh debuting on clockwise we hope to have you back soon anytime it was a delight and micah this is uh this is it for this week we should just remind everybody out there until next time watch what you say and keep watching the clock bye everybody